What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Go Long Podcast. Tyler Dunn here with Jim Monas at Fatty Beer Company, Orchard Park, New York. In person. In person. That's right. Uh, everybody, make sure you get to a fatty near you if you're in Western New York, downtown, OP, Hamburg, everywhere. They're partying. Birthday parties, anniversary parties, however you want to say it. They were doing it. Absolutely. You're working your Pellegrino today. Always. I've got a little underground beer lab, New England IPA. They've got every type of beer you could want. So thank you to Fatty for hosting us, fueling us. Always. Jim, I'm, I'm not going to lie. This it, this feels good to drink this beer. You needed it. You, you, you had something going You had a lot going on. <laughs> it just dropped a lot on me when I saw you. So It was, a, it was very helter-skelter, one could <laughs> Which say. Which is life with kids. It is, but you know. But this isn't the kids, though. I don't even know where to begin with this nonsense, but. Everything that led to this gathering of, of breaking of bread, of sharing a drink with you, Jim. Probably, you know, Friday, Saturday, you, know, you have kids. They go to dance recitals and dance rehearsals. And uh, she goes to pre-pre-K, bring home sicknesses. You get sick. They usually bounce back pretty quickly. So, you know, went through the chills, you know, throwing the comforters on and the, 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 the throat. The earache, the headache, it lingers just for two, three, four just days. Like, just brutal. Just absolutely brutal. So it started with that. And then that kind of transitioned into, you know, some stomach issues that, you know, we don't have to get too detailed on. I don't think other people issues. want to hear that. Other right? issues. Some, some, some intestinal <clears throat> uh, disruption, yeah. we'll say. And it kind of transitioned into back pain. Woke up mm. one morning like I was just split in half. We've talked about it, you know. High school football it's, injury, herniated disc. It's real. Seeing chiropractors ever since. Um, That's crippling. Awful. 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 It was like, to the point where I'm like, Gina, we got to go. Like, I, I got to go in somewhere. But uh, the miracles of the massage gun, it was it made, to, made today sustainable. And then I should say, it, the, before that, God bless them. My wife's parents have a cat. I didn't know that you could all of a sudden become allergic to a cat. <laughs> Did you know that? No. I, I, I would guess. think you would have known by now. You know, we had we had like outdoor cat growing up. Rudy was a badass. He just just never. I grew up in the woods. He'd be gone for a month in the middle of winter, come back. You know, missing the missing the thing. <laughs> we really he wish we could have put a GoPro on his right head. to see his whole life, like, <laughs> like fighting bears and stuff. But but he made it. Yeah, I mean, I don't like cats, but he was <laughs> he was cool. I liked Rudy. But they have, they have a cat, indoor cat, Albus, after Albus Dumbledore. Got nothing against Albus, but, you know, had a, had a pretty nasty reaction. Uh, probably half my fault for dousing my eye and visine and itching it nonstop, but it, it I probably still look pretty rough, Jim, but it, no, for a while no, it was like I went 12 rounds with it Mike sounds Tyson. Like, yeah, you sound like you're on the, yeah, you're on the recovery end. I shouldn't say 12 rounds with Mike Tyson. That's giving myself too much credit. I'd say... 1.2 seconds with Mike Tyson. One punch to the eye is what it looked like. That's always that question. Would you take it for how much? You know, that's been like, we all have recurring Everybody dreams. Talks about it, that's right. like a recurring dream I have. Getting hit by him? Like the decision or to, to step into the ring against a heavyweight boxer for X amount of dollars. And then I always accept in the dream and I always wake up right when it's about to fight. It's start. I feel like it's worth it as far as you're not going to win. You know yeah. you're going to take a beating. You're doing it for the money. 
is it worth it though? Yeah, right? that's that's personal right. Sidetrack then. Yeah, say sorry, it's no. uh say it is Mike Tyson and it's prospect. Fair. It How much money would it really? take for you? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, it's gotta be life changing. I mean life like life three money, not nineteen. When I say life changing, like after I take that beating, uh Walter doesn't have to worry about anything. That's my son, and I will be living somewhere quietly. Like I won't have to work. Well, you're gonna be pretty effed up for life. That's what I'm saying. Life. Something yeah. it's it, so that's what I'm saying. From like, I'm done after this. Right, right. We're talking. So for you, do, would you agree? Like, what's the number though? Like, what's the number? So I guess I'd have to think to live comfortably. I would I do it too. Yeah, for me in my situation. Yeah, I want a good payday. I'd like to look at what they get paid, what the top pay-per-view guys get paid. I would go for that. Ten million? Yeah, no, I think they get more than that. No, I'm saying that you would you do it for ten million? No, I don't think I would either. No, I'm looking for more because you your life might be effectively yeah. over. Yeah, there's some bad. Things. It's not going to be fun. No, it's not going to be something you want to think about. I don't even know how we're talking about this. Yeah, right I don't know. It was such a nice day outside. I was nice. drinking Pellegrino. You, I mean, it was peaceful. <laughs> Wait, you didn't even get to your. All right, so that so I feel. I All right, so we're fighting like Tyson that. for life changing. Money. I mean, the only other analogy I can think of is the scene in heavyweights <laughs> with Tony Perkis at the end, yeah. when he's like, he's just cage, and he he looks at the kid, he goes, "I'm a beaten man." <laughs> I feel like a beaten man. And that's how you felt. So that, that's been kind of the state of affairs here personally, and then like you know you lost. Yeah, you're, you're coming right. out of a loss right now. Com- complete loss. Oh. Fair. And then driving here to meet you. Yeah. What? <laughs> so, you know, Orchard Park, it's the village. There's crosswalks, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's driving very slowly, as they should, typically, because there's people crossing. Were the they street. driving the speed limit or slow? What is the speed limit? 30? It's pretty slow. Right here? It's 30. Slow. Yeah. All right. So, going down, just yeah. drive, drive in front of Fatty. There's a spot open. And, you know, maybe I put the blinker on a little late. But it wasn't like obscene. Like, honestly, it was. We're all moving along here slow. There's a spot. I'm going to take this spot. Feeling good about this spot. Feeling like George Costanza. You yeah, know, when he found big parking episode. Yeah, yeah. So I, I seize the moment, seize the opportunity. Well, I've got this woman mm. on my ass. You know, big, big glasses, a handicap deep, uh, Wait, all right, all right. sign down. On the mirror. Go ahead. I'm with you. Is she behind me? No. I want to know what the big glasses, though. Big glasses. I mean, like 1970s because TV show. Are we thinking she wasn't really? Things appeared I'm, closer I'm, to her than me. I'm saying what? I'm trying to just create an image. This I'm picturing like, yes. I like wouldn't clown. expect this reaction. Yes. Like clownish hair. Yes. Yeah. Clownish glasses. Yeah. Handicapped to some degree because she had the, the sign right there in the windshield so you pull in so i pull in and I, she lays on the horn yeah it's unnecessary lays on the horn chip mm. for shame nah. so i just you know mouthed a loud f you gave her the finger happens yeah, sometimes you have to they they can't they, well she's catching you on i mean she's catching you coming out of well she well, she <laughs> fixed the shopping cart the deplaning Deep budging, all the everything all off of the elevator before you get off. Before you get so they need, they need to be put in their place, what, regardless of demographic. Honking of the horn, I just, I, 
I need to know why. I think it really should be used well, she to thought, avoid. She thought that I, I, I slid into this spot yeah, too late. But what does it do? What does her honking do? I guess it makes her feel better. And she's shaming me, right? Yeah. I, I feel like the horn should be used to prevent. If you could help, if somebody doesn't see you and you see them, and there you lay the horn. I totally, Otherwise, I it becomes, totally agree. Now it becomes oh. like crying wolf. Like we hear horns. I don't think anything of it. I just think somebody's angry at somebody. It's not what it's for. Jim, I think you just, you got to the crux the anger of doesn't American do anything. society in 2023. Don't use the horn. Back when we were a functional society, the I, horn was I just used, saw for function, I just used for everything. functionality. That's, how I, that's why I use it. Right? So, somebody might not see you. Somebody might not see you. It has it serves a purpose. Honk. Honk. Simple. Now it's all shaming. Now the honk. And virtue signaling. That's what it is. I'm right. You're wrong. Here's my honk. Hear, hear me roar. Is is the use of the heart now? <clears throat> so that's why I didn't like it. That's why I had I had to snipe back. I, I hope she saw me. Um, I'm not sure if she did. So that's no, we got a ways to go, Jim. So we'll, we'll get to Jared Goff eventually. I promise. It was. It's one of the best lead-ins <laughs> you could so that you couldn't see sure. coming. This to golf. Sure, everybody's enthralled with the story. So we get out, see you. We dap up, say say our hellos. You know, you're looking at. Tony Perkis slash, you know, Tyson's latest victim. And I, I said, Jim, I forgot the microphone. Yeah. Which, which happened. It happened. I hate to say more That's, than a few times. You have a lot going on. Uh, you know, remember the light, the ring, the stand, the computer. Good. Everything's good. We're here at Fatty. We're ready to go. Live in Boston, New York, right, right over Chestnut Hill, obviously. Chestnut Ridge Road. So... Because Jim Monas is one of the nicest human beings I know. I'm not just saying that. No, I appreciate it. I I tell everybody that. You are genuinely one of the nicest human beings I've ever met in my life. Seriously. And I could go on and on. So, Jim, when I screw up like this, he does not even hesitate. He says, go get the mic. It's fine. I'll just chill here. we do. It's a good day. It's about 15 minutes away. Go over uh, over Chestnut Hill. (laughs) I'm just like, it's insane. So go over there. All of a sudden, a turkey. Oh, yeah. Right. Flies. Or that doesn't fly. Trots. Right for me. I don't know how I didn't hit this turkey. No clue how I didn't hit this turkey. Because they can't really. I mean, I did what I tell Gina not to do because she loves animals and she's terrified of ever sure. you know, hitting an animal. And I say, Gina, every time you drive, you scare me to death because you're going to slam those brakes and, and you're not going to look behind you and somebody's going to hit you. And that's exactly what I did. I did not practice when I preached, but for the turkey's life, I had to slam on the brakes. And did you get hit? I didn't hit it. But did you get hit? I didn't. Thank yeah, God I nobody was were, behind I me. You were say you got hit. I'm like, Thank you. God nobody was behind me. Yeah, that's all I can say. Um, so yeah, you know, Mama, Dada, I'm not sure which one it was. It just sounds like almost hit one, and then the other one followed behind. It's almost like you are a quarterback under pressure right now. It's coming from all angles. You're getting. Oh. You're getting horns, turkeys. You got it all today. Pick up the microphone. I promise we'll have a happy ending. Come back over Chestnut Ridge and it is, guess what song came on? We've talked about it. I'm going to play it for our listeners. Do it. Do that. I'm not going to know. And this song instantly, and I'm telling you, everybody out there, if you're having a bad day, a bad week, a bad year, play this song on repeat, and it will instantly put you in a better mood. It's a song that in our overly sensitive society would not fly today. Yeah. But if you are able to laugh, 
then you can enjoy this. I think it's like from the 40s or the 50s. All right, let me see if I can. We're gonna play it this over is, the pot. This is this is a goal. This is one of our biggest produced. Here we go. Segments. <laughs> you sent me this. Yes. Cheers. Here it is. We gotta go to the. Here's the funny part up here. Gets me. Yes, because everybody is looking to sue everybody, and nobody can just harmless, yeah. harmless, harmless fun, a harmless song, a harmless hilarious fun. song. My wife loves it, so yeah, you know I can listen it to passes. it. I agree, it's harmless. You know, without uh, repercussions, you'd have to be looking to argue. Yeah. You know, what I mean, like that—that that was. Good. I want to say I think that the song played at our wedding actually. Oh. Sonny definitely dances to it. That's part of the rotation. Oh, is that part of his like famous? Oh yeah, it's uh, you know, if you want to be happy, Jimmy Soul. It's um, all the Blues Brothers. That's the dance. That's the dance party. Rotation. He's he's moving and grooving. So okay, I'm sorry. We're 15 minutes into this thing, but we're we're we had to catch up. We had to catch up. That put me in a good mood. Yeah. So everybody out there, make sure you add that to the playlist. I like. How's life for you, Jim? Good. Good. We're rolling. (laughs) Rolling. XFL's rolling. Yes. So, can you fill us in at all on where the XFL is at? There's a lot out there. Maybe you can I, just. Uh, I think what's out there is good enough for everybody to read about. I don't really need to. You know, that's not, not really my job to talk about the XFL. We have plenty of people that do that. All that I can tell you is the hard work that everybody has put into the XFL. It's moving forward to year two, so it's nonstop trying to make things better, do things differently. But the players are there. We have a. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but right now, but the, the amount of tryouts we've had and guys that are signed right now, the training camp. Now, obviously it's hard to make the team, but the opportunity to get the chance is why you play in the XFL and they're getting that opportunity. So it's, it's serving its purpose. And the timing of our league was why we have it when we have it. Now all these players can get their opportunity. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think that that is a sign of great success it is it's really, i mean every time i look on twitter oh this xfl player signed with this team and look you make the 90 any, anything anything can happen. can happen once you get in and they know that so it's, it was high quality football so i enjoyed it it was it was a great championship game it can only get better yeah it will only get better all right so as people can see by now we're going to talk about a frequent Frequently discussed quarterback. Oh, it's unreal how much. Jared Goff. Um, so I, I wrote a column at Go Long for our subscribers on on Jared. I, I think that so much in the mm-hmm. NFC does boil down to him. Because, hey, the, the NFC is, is so insanely <laughs> wide open. You have almost every single team in the conference, I think, 
really believes he can make the playoffs and threaten. No question. To to win to do some damage in the playoffs, which it's hard to even fault them for thinking that because you look around your own division, it's like, what, this team, that team. And we kind of joke about the optimism this time of year, which mm, that's become one of my It's become my too. I mean, favorite I'm guilty of it. I love spreads, it too. It's you know, my too. It's, we have a good one going. I mean, one you did, you did see that. It was a C.J. Stroud. He wasn't on the practice field, but he's impressing in the meeting, something like that. It's really once a day. Yeah. You don't know what, what it's going to be. It's fascinating what people come up with. And I always end it with, you know, the summer season. Like, his numbers are outstanding this summer. I can't believe how good he looks. I mean, like we talked about before, it's pointless. Tomorrow it's going to be like Bryce Young drove over Chestnut Hill Road. He's, he did not hit a turkey. His is Well, his is predictable too, though. Yeah. Right? All the rookies were – they can't believe how far along they've learned. And, uh, but I think – you know, there's legitimate hope for a lot of these teams. I'll have some reporting on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which everybody assumes they'll be like the worst team in football. I was down there. They genuinely think that they can win and and they have some good players. So I think the point of this all is if you are Jared Goff, if you are the Detroit Lions, you can realistically view yourself as a Super Bowl contender. And initially, you say those words out loud, and it feels weird, taboo. What? It's not. It's really not. Nope. The offense, loaded. Even with Jamison Williams and his suspension. Um, Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery, maybe the best offensive line in football. Amon Rossi, Brown, Khalif Raymond, go on and on. Loaded. Defense was really bad most of last season. Really bad. Part of the issue. Go ahead. They completely reset the secondary. They've got three, four bona fide pass rushers. Got they it. really do. No, they do. I, I, right. And they, they drafted a linebacker at Anzalone. So I think that the more you really wrap your mind around it, the more you can see a team that's won one playoff game since 1957 making the Super Bowl. And I think and look, the Detroit Lions, they're the offseason darlings. That's why we're talking about them. They're going to be the team that everybody – it's really excited about, and people are getting excited about him for different reasons. It's not because of a second or third year quarterback who's going to take the next step or a Tyree Kill kind of signing that, you know, shocked everybody in free agency. They didn't really do that in free agency. It's It's been a steady rebuild with Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, and what does hold people back from saying that they can overtake Philadelphia, I think, is the quarterback. And the more... I really think about it and the more I believe in Jared Goff. And so that's what we want to talk about today. I'm going to let you go because everybody's heard enough from me at this point. So you start this, Jim. It's fascinating how many times we've talked about golf. Like for a guy that really isn't relevant as far as his teams right now since he's left the Rams. Um, but it made me go back and just think about his whole process for that draft, the 2016 draft. So obviously we were at his pro day. Um, and this was the year, this was the Carson Wentz year. And this is what made me think, I said this to you earlier. I was all in on Carson Wentz. I thought he was going to be everything that he looked like he did in Philly before the injury. I was sitting there thinking, yep, that was the guy. That was the guy we had. To, I wanted us to go all in on. It 
was not Jared Goff. I wanted, I didn't really see it with Goff as far as that go after him as your guy. Um, obviously, you saw the ability for the, throwing the football for him was natural. His pro day was rainy out there, it was, but he was fine. You know, what I mean, he could throw the football. Nothing, nothing blows you away physically about him, right? Plenty tough. The big issue I had with him in college was one of the worst defenses every year was the Pac-12, always. They played no defense, so your stats are just fake. They played three ranked teams that year, lost all three games. He had five picks against Utah. You know, against the, And that's how you have to judge them. Those were the best teams that he was going against. And they weren't very good, but he was not having success against them. So that was concerning. Then McVay does what he does. Just didn't see him getting him, elevating him, right? I jumped a little bit. He did play in a Super Bowl. <laughs> and this is where I, this is where I want us to make sure we are on, like, where we're going to say, where we both see Jared Goff. I view him as a system quarterback that you can win with, but things are going to have to be right. Detroit has put things right around him offensively. But being right against with a quarterback that is not necessarily quote unquote franchise, that defense has to be right too. Because he's gonna have his games. He still does, his blow-up games. And if that defense isn't right, I just don't see how that formula works with golf. Would I have taken him number one? No. And did I like Carson Wentz better? Yes, I was wrong. Jared Goff is obviously a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. That's when we first met, really. In, in like in that, that was kind of those like. It was that Mobile. I remember running into Yeah, we were talking about Wentz. Yeah. And uh, I said, hey, what do you think about Wentz? And you kind of lit up. And I wasn't sure if you were just kind of humoring me or if no. you really did like it. <laughs> I can't really hold that. I like talking about players. Yeah. But but you should see me. I mean, that that year, that, his rookie year. He was. I mean, MVP I was walking around thinking year. we totally we messed up. We should have gone all in. Mortgage a future to get Carson Wentz, and I was like, "Yep, we would have been, yep, we have been great." Would you have uh, been able to do that? With it was, and everything. We talked. He it wanted was, all his It was a guys. quick talk. No, yeah, we would have had to give up. Wait, at that time, we were waiting. No, it wasn't really. Yeah. it wasn't our time to do it. And Tyrod was was good. I mean, definitely his first year as a starter. Would, yeah, I think we all always. And this goes back to once again. This is the hard part when you're evaluating guys, like. Tyrod Taylor loved, but never viewed him as the guy that can get you to a Super Bowl. I feel that way with Jared Goff. That's the debate then. Right. So you don't that you don't no. think that he can get you to the Super Bowl right now. Unless team. everything else is around him. The defense has to get better. So that I need to wait and see. They did they recognized it and addressed it. So yes, yes, that offense is the offense is Super Bowl caliber. Yes. They were something like fourth in points, fifth in yards. The offense is 100% Super Bowl caliber. And that's the quarterback. And I'm saying that with golf, how they run that offense is, I mean, their numbers, like you just said, it's top five everything. I know we have a lot of uh, Bills fans who listen, obviously, here in Western New York. And I think that the value of Ben Johnson was so evident. Granted, Detroit lost that game against the Bills. But, but just the – the rhythm on offense and the misdirection and the deception and the unpredictability, everything that Ben Johnson does, it, gosh, it, just, it just had this flow to it. 
it, one play kind of set up the next play, you know, there'd be this, this counter here and then a backside pull there and then a tight end throwback. But it was dizzying where the Bills, it was kind of laboring, boom or bust. And there was a lot of boom, a lot of big plays. We've, we've talked about offensively. I see McKenzie talked about all of that. But as long as Ben Johnson's there, he'll be a head coach, we would think, soon. And that's always, you know, kind of the downside of having a really good offensive coordinator. But, you know, it was Dan Campbell who took over the offense in year one. And I think that they can keep this thing humming even post-Ben Johnson. And I think that they are going to give Jared Goff a big-time contract extension. Look, he's only 20. Eight, turns 29 he came into the nfl really young 21 so i i think what a lot of people struggle with i do too i mean last time the last year at this time i wrote a column on kyler murray calling him a quarterback capable of getting the team to a super bowl because he's got this element of special this spontaneity improvisation and we're all enamored by that one point or the other because it's it's fun if quarterback does something that nobody else on the planet can do it's like we need that i think patrick mahomes almost like broke everybody's brain though there's only one patrick mahomes right like the jets drafted zach wilson because they thought he might be a patrick mahomes life right like the off schedule throw rolling laugh flip the torso chuck it 50 yards <laughs> across the field that type of stuff like you, it, it, if the entire NFL is going to be chasing that, good luck. You'll be like the Jets, giving up on that quarterback after a season and a half signing Aaron Rodgers. There it is. There's the name drop. Um, but I, I think that what we forget about Mahomes is he is disciplined. Like, he played on one good leg through the postseason. He won a Super Bowl because – he was smart and efficient, gritty, made good decisions, and gritty, gritty and tough. And I think that those are – it's a set of traits yeah. that the, the Jared Goff does have to an extent. Playing tough. He's not, he's not going to be as fun to watch as a Mahomes, a, a Murray, a Josh Allen, a Jalen Hurts, you know, all of these guys. But Greg Maddox, pitcher for the Braves. I always bring him up yeah. when I talk about golf. He's Greg Maddox. He can place it, pocket passer, system quarterback – Fourth and one, game on the line, the Green Bay Packers season on the line, last regular season, season game of the year. What does, what does Ben Johnson do? Spreads you out with all these receivers, choice routes across the board. All right, Jared Goff, win us the game. They could keep the field goal, giving the ball back to Green Bay. They said, Oliver, we're going to win the game right now. DJ Shark game. I think he's, he's smarter than most think, tougher than most think. It, it was fun kind of looking back at a, a story I wrote at Bleach Report on Jared Goff after his first year. You know, he goes 0-7. He sacked whatever it was, 30 times. Yes. Right. Jeff Fisher, total disaster. You know, is this guy a bust? Right. And Sean McVay came in. So that was a uh, feature at Bleach Report first season preview package. And I – the whole the whole angle of the article, like is this guy is this guy tough enough? Because right, he's going uh, going to LA yeah. and can, I can he handle the pressure? Being questioned. But he kind of made a point to bring it up because you could tell like that he was feeling like well, people were he was feeling something. I think you know we have these weird skewed 
um, definitions of toughness. Like you almost had to have gone through some adversity to be tough. Like Dak Prescott, we all know what he went through, losing his mom, yeah. uh, mid-round pick, You're right. Different chip on the shoulder. Right. Like, right. But Jared Goff, I mean, both of his parents around, all of his grandparents around. He went to private school. Like we hung out at his school for a camp, and it's like, oh, my God, you went here? Like this is unbelievable. Like, the 17th richest county in the nation. Country club. Yeah, and um, goes to Cal, you know, the blonde hair, you know, just he's mistaken for Ryan Gosling in uh, LA. <laughs> like, and when he first moved there, it was like everybody thought he was Ryan Gosling. So, but he made a point to like to say this quote: "I'm more afraid that people will be like he's a little bitch than I am of truly getting hit." So that's what drives me to be like, I'm fine. That mentality is what keeps me in the game. And he, he brought up all these times that he just got blasted that rookie year. Like Richard Sherman lit him up. And I mean, it goes back to high school. There was a play in high school, I remember him saying, where he was holding an extra point and a kid just speared him in the sternum. Like, just took a shot at him. And his high school coach confirmed it. We, we talked about it. And Jared just stands up, like, just kind of lurches over the guy, like, ready to fight. And the guy just walked away. Like, you know, he went up. I think he's always had more of a – I think there's stuff to Jared Goff that's been underestimated his entire career, high school to college. You know, college, they were terrible the first year too. They'd get blasted 50-something to nothing, and, you know, the upperclassmen are going drinking and partying, and it pissed him off. He, he was able to turn that around. He was able to turn the Rams around that first year. They were all – for whatever reason, we just – for, for good reason to a large extent, we anointed Sean McVay as the second coming of Jesus, a football Jesus, and viewed Jared Goff as nothing but a puppet to Sean McVay. Like he is just doing what he's told and deserves none of the credit. At some point, Jared Goff needs to get some credit. He does. Well, can I speak? He, he, he took him to the Super Bowl. Okay. Well, he, he, that's Nobody gave him a chance in hell at excelling in Detroit. This is what we're saying. Okay. I like Don't this. Turn it around. But to say that people that there's this um, he feels like there's not that he feels it, but there's something off with him or he's not respected enough. Who's the first pick of the draft? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he feels uh, disrespected. I'm saying the perception of Jared just, Goff is wrong. But let me spin it even more then. First pick of the draft at an average football place it didn't, it didn't really play that well in big games with no specific special talent. And he was the first pick of the draft, which tells you teams loved his accuracy, his interviews, his toughness, intelligence, love. I'm not talking like love. First pick of the draft. Bills, we had scouts that loved him. Okay. They were, you know, they, there was reason to like him. I did not. I didn't see that. I didn't see the special anything. I saw a guy that, yes, good quarterback. Um, I love his toughness. I love his accuracy. I actually think his accuracy has not been great um, recently. Needs to get better, especially once again. He has blow-up games. You can't have those, especially if once again win. When we talk about Detroit, just at least get to the playoffs. before we. I mean, you and I are both saying it. They have a Super Bowl offense. They do. Stats show it. Now, you know I love that. They have a Super Bowl offense. He's the quarterback. I give respect to Jared Goff. But I still see him as 
the system quarterback. If that defense doesn't get better in Detroit, I don't think they get there because I don't think he's good enough to make up for a average defense. I'll say this. They want to run the ball. That's great, too. Got and it. they reset their backfield in a positive way. Especially we all love Jamal Williams. They believe they're upgrading to David Montgomery. Shamir Gibbs, they hope, is like their own Debo Samuel positionless kind of threat. Um, the line, they started there, obviously, when they Sewell across the board. I'm just saying, like, I don't think that they need – they don't – they don't need a quarterback who's going to um, you know, freelance and make these crazy plays because the play's not going to break down. It's fine. Like, he'll have – like, people are going to fear the run, so they're going to come up to stop the run, and then when it's time to pass, he will have protection to throw the ball, and it's going to be one-on-ones across the board Okay, Detroit, for the most part. Yeah, Detroit just proved it. They just proved, they put the whole NFL on notice that you can't stop us on offense. Their numbers show exactly what you're saying. The NFL right now is studying Detroit's offense. That's the offseason stuff. No question. Because they had teams on their heels. But this is what, what I learned in New Orleans. When you can score like this, when you have a Super Bowl offense, you come out of the gate, boom, boom, you're up two scores. Now your defense just feasts. Yeah, because it's right now. This is when you get turnovers. This is when the game is out of hand. This is when you get those those games where you can. That's how you have to take advantage. But what do you do? The Detroit's never going to be out of the game. That's a good thing with this offense. Like they're going to always be able to come back. But you don't want to live that way. You don't want to live in the shootout world. Score early. Have a defense that can just keep it back. They don't want shootouts. I think that's where golf gets where it can get scary for him. If it gets into a shootout, you're saying. That's a really good point. That's what I'm looking to see because that's what he's proven. He's proven in big games. He does not play well. Like, he doesn't all the time. And I'm into this team. I mean, you have me. So, I, I mean, think it's fair to put that you know, 13-3 Super Bowl loss to New England. I'm not even putting it on him. I'm putting it on McVeigh. Belichick just again. took him to the woodshed. Fair enough. Yeah. You hold a team to 13 points, you should win. That's the only thing I would say. Todd Gurley was that's arthritic and shot. Whether it was McVay. C.J. Anderson was the running back, right? You, three points. But I'm with you on this. That trade for Stafford, we talk about this all the time. I, that trade wasn't as mismatched as it looked. It looked mismatched because the Rams won the Super Bowl. But we've talked about it. They're a tart. <laughs> I bring it up. I think that's the one I bring up every time. You bring up Aaron Rodgers. If Tart picks that ball off, <laughs> I don't. McVay's a failure. The trade was a failure. Golf Detroit won the trade. That's how that. That's how much that interception meant. Completely. Okay. I always have to throw that in yeah, there yeah. because I don't want to just. I don't want to just say McVay was right and Stafford was great. I don't want to say that because I don't think that trade was as mismatch as it. I mean, Detroit executed that trade. Not knowing exactly Brad what the hell was going to happen, new golf. He did, but I'm just saying, like they they really did that trade for the, for the picks, no doubt. But the toughness the, part, the toughness he knew, right? That, that helps. You that res- helps. It makes you respectable in the locker room, and that was a big thing with McDermott talking about Tyrod Taylor that year when we were trying to decide should we go with Tyrod, make this push, you know, make a run. We know we had Kyle Williams, Shady, or you know, see what was. Blow it up. No. 
as a coach, you want a quarterback. Tyrod Brandon's respectable. We can win. Boom, playoffs. So, yeah. Brad Holmes was in the Rams organization for the entirety of Goff's oh. career and, and, and a lot more than that. So, that had to account for something. But I think that the Lions, like this is where their genius comes into play, knowing, okay, we're not in a rush to figure out quarterback. I love it. Day one, second one. They got we're not going to be obsessed with this. They got their guy that can run their system. Yeah, we're, we're bringing in a quarterback who's competent. More. We'll take the two first. We'll take the third. And we'll just see if we grow so, to love golf. Okay, so there it is. That's what I would need to see, too. What did they turn those picks into? You know, that's yeah. how we – that's how you, at the end of the day, will study that. Completely. That's easy to look up. What's, I mean, and then they turn those picks into but, more picks and, and become deeper and deeper and deeper on both sides of the ball. That's the true study of that trade. Yeah. The Super Bowl was the I mean, the jackpot, the it, slot machine hit. <laughs> exactly. The, the Rams are going to be bad again this year. Look at their team. They are not going to be good. Beyond beyond the star power, right? beyond Stafford, Cup, Dark, or Donald, look mm. at what they have. But defensively, our names is Donald that you will not know. Is Donald playing? Yes. I'm yeah. interested to see if he gets a veteran, um, let's see how we're doing type thing. Uh, anyway, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't see them, but they're in the NFC, blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing with Jared Goff, though. All right, so <clears> even <throat> with your reservations, um, which I which I understand, but I think the reason I think I, I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue is – the NFC. I mean, well, we're going back to that. Who, who are the contenders? If you were to point to three teams in this conference as the cream of the crop, well, I think who, you have two right it? off the bat. A cream crop. I think Philly and San Fran are ridiculous. Which Brock Purdy is their quarterback. Fair enough. They proved it though. Or Sam Darnold. It or Trey Lance. I, don't, I almost don't know if it matters. They probably would be great with golf. That would be the question. Shanahan. Would he take golf or what he has right now? I could take Jared Goff. I think I would too. I think Kyle Shanahan kind of not think I would. I think it proved, but I think that Kyle Shanahan like uh, has proven the point of any quarterback prejudice prejudices that we have. Like you need to have this special quarterback to win it all. Like we anoint Kyle Shanahan as this innovator, this forward thinker. Yet he is vacillated every year on what he wants at the position. He wants the placeholder, Jimmy Garoppolo, do as you're told. I'm right in your ear. He wants the freak show, Trey Lance, one year of college football at North Dakota State. Then he goes back to Brock Purdy. He's going to do as he's told. But, oh, here's Sam Darnold. Maybe he's the starter. Like the fact that he's all over the place tells me, look, we, we might think that you need it's, to be a certain type of quarterback to win a Super Bowl. I, I don't think that's true necessarily. Oh, agree with you. 100%. And this conversation is all on the other side of Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Right. But yeah. but this is the best part about everything we talk about. So we always talk about Ozzie Newsom gets credit as the you know the greatest drafter or whatever. Took Hayden Hurst before Lamar. Shanahan, once again, innovative, greatest offensive coach. Took Trey Lance. Brock Purdy is now the franchise quarterback. Solomon Thomas over Solomon Thomas over Mahomes. Deshaun Watson. So Sean Payton, who I work for, with he's never picked drafted a quarterback. Can't get one. Point is, quarterbacks break you down. Like you get desperate, you get 
look at the picks after golf and Wentz. This is perfect because yeah. we just sit here. I have it pulled up, but we sit there and talk about how quarterbacks are, you know, they're everything. So we, the reach is on, you know, we say golf wins go one, two. No, he either runs a first round or be honest with you after their careers. Here's the next couple. Joey Bosa, not bad. Zeke Elliott, not bad. Jalen Ramsey, not bad. Ronnie Stanley, not bad. DeForest Bunkner, not bad. Conklin, Floyd, blah, blah. But, but it goes to show you the value and how you will just, I'm going to make, I, I would, Salt and Wentz, I was going to do it if I had the power. That's right. I would have heavily looked into doing everything to get him. That's scary. But I was, I'm telling you for that. I think that that's why I love what the Detroit Lions are doing because yes. they don't they, they they don't feel that urge. I like it too. They don't feel that temptation. They don't play like that. They don't play. Like, They're building a team. They don't play like their jobs are on the like Campbell. If he doesn't win this year, he's out. You know, they don't. They're not. They don't play desperate. I think that the New York Giants have done the same thing. Joe Shane and Brian Dable. It's not. It, it's they don't they don't feel yeah. they're not like an, an addict you know in the fetal position in the corner of a room because they need a they need a quarterback. It's no, let's build a team. Let's be judicious Smart, and logical. Do, look, at the, look at the dollars. Look at the cents. Do what's right. I like it. And it's not, you know, it's not it's not going to get people calling the ticket office necessarily. Right when the Lions did this trade, were there Lions fans? It's like celebrating in the streets. Oh, we got Jared Goff, the quarterback that Sean McVay didn't want. No, but they played the long game. They knew this is better over the long term because we get these picks, and then they turn those picks into more picks. No, it was. And then all of a sudden, you look at their roster. You know, we we spent so much time on this podcast, like discussing how you build a, how you build a team, how you find a quarterback. I just keep coming back to that. Like, like Chris Sims said in that Daniel Jones story last year, build an effing team. Like, stop chasing Mahomes. Just go draft well, sign good players. Okay. Yeah, that's a tough one for me. But you would you would say they, they have to win this division, Detroit. Like, I was looking at this division, right? You've, t- you've looked at it plenty. We know the division. We know the quarterback in Green Bay, Minnesota. We know the quarterback. I mean, it's not like those guys. Cousins is a more accomplished quarterback than golf based on year to year, just putting up numbers. Um, Golf has the Super Bowl, but I don't really look at golf as the reason the Rams got that Super Bowl. We played well for them, well enough. Um, Point being is they need to win that division. Like we're talking about Super Bowl, we're talking about like now I'm gonna spin it one more time. If they don't win the division, if they say they don't make the playoffs, I mean it's most likely probably golf, right? Would you move on from golf? That's where I'm going with this. Would you move on for golf if you don't make the playoffs this year? If he's the primary reason why you don't make the playoffs, yes. Okay. They kind of hedged their bet a little bit with Hendon Hooker. Third round pick, Tennessee, off the torn ACL. Maybe he turns into something. He's old. Yeah, we get all that. Yeah. You listen to who is it? Is it Mike Tannenbaum? Mike Tannenbaum liked him better than any quarterback. I'm sure. In the draft. I'm sure he's going to be the best ever. But they're not third round. I'm just, no, I'm, I'm saying for Tan. I'm just saying that was kind of their hedge. Yeah. Like okay, 
It gives us a little something. They're, they're ahead the like, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I think, like, they, they haven't given Goff an extension yet. They've discussed it's, an extension. They publicly it, said they want to extend it's it. It's on him. It's time. I think uh, – but I don't – I think if they don't make the playoffs, it's going to be because of defensive – inadequacies and the failure to improve. And that's fair. And now that that would go back then on Brad Holmes Mm -hmm. because they spent their whole off season on the defense. So you're right. So it's Pittsburgh. I think that's where we just talked speaking about this almost. It's almost like did Holmes do a good enough job on defense and then whoever the D coordinator is, sorry, I don't know. Which they, yeah, Dan Campbell likes him. They go, they go back to the Orleans. He was on the chopping block and seemed, you know, seemed, and then they, they did turn it around. They, their defense finished pretty strong. Yeah, against, outside of that Carolina game. Yeah, yeah. So remember, look at the quarterbacks they played. They played some, mm-hmm. there were some favorable yeah, matchups. Play Aaron Rodgers. It's true. Twice like you said he, he was terrible, um, and he was. Kirby Joseph. So here's how the division. I think we'll shake out. I think it's going to be Detroit, Green Bay, Minnesota three, Chicago four. And I want to definitely get Matt Collar back on the podcast for oh, Insider yeah. to talk, talk about, about those Vikings because Let's do that. what a fascinating state of affairs. I'm confused by them. Yeah. I would, that's good because I can't see what direction they're going right now. I think it's on purpose. You know, some of these teams broadcast exactly what they're doing. You mentioned the Saints, right? Forever. We're going for it. Like, we're getting veterans. Perfect. We're restructuring contracts. We're winning. Always going for like, it. we're not taking <laughs> we're not taking a gap year. We're going for it. And then there are some teams that we're tanking. We're losing. We don't care who knows it. But the Vikings, it seems intentional where you have a – I mean, you've got a quarterback in Kirk Cousins that you restructured, but you didn't extend quite yet. Justin Jefferson is going to get paid. Soon, TJ Hawkinson is going to get paid soon. Huh. Defensively, Once I mean, again, that's Daniel, where Hunter's the big decision, but but their defense was bad again. Their defense was really bad, and they lost. Like, we're talking players. about a division that has Green Bay's defense. To, you know, it's funny. The Bears' defense actually may. Is there a defense that scares Detroit? I think the Bears spent a ton of money, so they so they'll saying. be better. Is there a defense that's going to scare Detroit in that division? I mean, I, th- I think I agree with you. I think Detroit and Green Bay both get into the playoffs, and Minnesota—they—they they call it the competitive rebuild, right? Like they coined that term, which it's—I uh, it, don't even think it's jargon. I don't think it's philosophy. Like, yeah. I think they mean it. Like I really think they're trying to compete and win, and they did win 13 games last year, even though they gave up more points than they scored, which is crazy. Oh, it's hard. But you have Quesi Adolfo Benza, mm-hmm. who's a yeah. – do you know Quesi? No. So I want to because he's very analytical, yeah. yeah. Right, he was in hedge funds and stuff. I'm into this. So analytical, mm-hmm. so numbers The Dalvin Cook thing is when I – it opened my eyes to, oh, I want to see – I want to pay attention to what they're doing in Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. And then you flip it, you have Ken O'Connell, mm-hmm. a player, mm-hmm. a guy that current players, his players love playing for because he's been through the ups and downs. He's been cut. He's moved all over the country. It's it's an interesting dynamic. Interesting. So I want to learn more about that team. Interesting division. It is. Anything golf before we sign off on golf? Like it. System quarterback, good defense. You can make a run with them. Respect, tough, 
I was wrong on him as far as he versus Wentz. Mm-hmm. NFC quarterback wise, a lot of guys I take over. I really think that Jared Goff, though, Love where, where I feel for him is like at every turn, it's somebody else perception wise getting all of the credit. That's fair. But he, and he was gets central all the blame. to turnarounds. Right. You know, Cal. What was it here? I mean, I have some of the scores. I'm looking up that, that old story. Okay, but who? here we go. Golf Cousins Love for this year. Golf Cousins Love. Well, I drafted Love ahead of uh, Golf. So. All right, so at Cal, I mean, his first year, they lost these games. 55-16, 49-17, 62-28, 63-13. He had a grade one shoulder separation in that last loss to Stanford. Became a grade three. He said, my arm was stuck. And then he remembered all of these teammates going straight to the bars after the game. Quote, I'm embarrassed. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Going to a frat party after a game. We just got our ass kicked. Seeing now, seeing some of these guys who are at Cal, the culture is so much different. I hope I had something to do with it. So he's, you know, he's not shouting from the mount- mountaintops like Russell Wilson declaring to the world how great of a leader he is. And Russell had another training montage. I'm sure you saw that. Like that's not his style. He's. I think Jared Goff is substantive and real, and he, he's not. He, he doesn't go out of his way to broadcast to everybody, you know, how great of a leader he is, how much he means to a team's success. But I think whether it's that turnaround at Cal, with the Rams, right, zero and seven with Fisher, they win the division year one with McVay, get to the Super Bowl. He, I believe, next to Tom Brady over a five-year stretch, he had the most wins at some point he deserves some credit but the trade went down with the lions did anybody really think that we need to be sitting here talking about jared golf as a playoff potential super bowl quarterback for the detroit lions three years in no it was he is a stopgap until they find their guy at some point he deserves some credit if he's doing something right for the team at large, we can credit Ben Johnson, we can credit Sean McVay, we can credit well, that's, all the weapons. Well, that's usually what happens to golf, right? If, if they do win this year, they're loaded around them. Defense got better. It's crazy. I mean, he takes the high road at every turn. You know, that, was one of our, yeah, that was one of our first features, too, would go along. I, I talked to him again, so it would have been with, like, four or five weeks left in his last season with McVay. Oh, and... <clears throat> He only said great things about McVeigh. Like, I appreciate him so much. I know he appreciates me. It's a great relationship. And then what happened? The wild card. Golf leaves. He's healthy enough to play. McVeigh starts John Wolford. Straight out of the AAF. AAF. Oh, I, I had a good report on him. It's, Was it the, the hot shots? I'm going to tell you. Oh, yeah. Man, look at you <laughs> with your AAF knowledge. So I was the advanced, I would do the scouting reports for the San Diego team, you know, for yeah. whoever we were playing. So I, he was one of the quarterbacks. I was like, he, he made some throws. In fact, I remember showing Anthony Beck a couple of his throws one time. Anthony Beck was our tight ends coach. Now he's the head coach for the uh, St. Yeah. Louis team, the XFL. Had a great season. But, yeah, the, the, <laughs> I love the, the AAF-XFL talk. Um, but, yes, to your point, to think that it's come that far. Yeah. And that's what I like what we said. That, that trade wasn't a mismatch trade. It was not. It was not a mismatch trade. 
and unlike a lot of quarterbacks, he doesn't give a damn about what people think of him. You know, you see Aaron Rodgers, here it is, bringing him up again, going out of his way to massage the narrative of how he left Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay isn't saying anything. They're ready to move on. They're done with him. They're they're not even entertaining the thought. Trust me, I've reached out to people there. They don't want to go there, and I don't blame them. Mm. Do you want to talk about your crazy ex? Mm. I really don't. So they're moving on. Aaron Rodgers has instead chosen to kind of trip over his own lies at every turn. And he's not alone. I think a lot of high-profile high profile quarterbacks, they do that through surrogates and trusted media allies. A lot of them do it. I mean, Russell Wilson is probably high on that list with the propaganda. And they employ people to do this bidding for them in their camps. Jared Goff just isn't that. So maybe that's how the narrative kind of got away from him. I don't know. I, I just feel like he's always been – better than he's perceived to be like he, he goes to these bad situations and they become really good situations he has something to do with it good quarterback all right i'm feeling good i'm gonna play I a little soul now again I, I like, that put yeah. us that that started us off after the craziness yes. i like that that brought it back down that was a good way to kick off golf absolutely i just hope there's no turkeys because i might just ding them this time no no we'll spare Don't. some that doesn't sound worth it no it doesn't those look like they could do some damage. Too. Well, then, they're flying fast like that. Yeah, well, like oh, I know so, what you mean. Oh, and I didn't even mention earlier today. The reason I have our uh, our Highlander is because the windshield was cracked. Of course. So that would have been something, right? Fix the windshield. It always all comes and then in. break it <laughs> the same day. That's one of those fun <laughs> phone calls back home. You won't believe this. Oh my goodness. Well, hey, thanks to everyone out there for putting up with our debauchery. We appreciate it. This is the Goal One Podcast at Fatty Beer Company. We'll be Fuel back. Soon.